1: Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Wait a minute. I thought it was a caravan, not an invasion, Mr. Producer. And I thought they were 900 miles away. They wouldn't be here till well into December. And I thought the president was doing this as a campaign shtick Or a racist shtick. They're climbing our walls right now. Thousands are in Tijuana. The people in Tijuana have had enough already. The mayor of Tijuana has had enough. I don't think Latinos can be racist against Latinos, can they, Mr. Producer? Well, this is the situation. So I am waiting now for Jim Acosta. This was his lead question, ladies and gentlemen. I'm waiting for Jim Acosta to apologize to the American people, but that will never happen he's nuts you know they talk about the president being mentally ill I think Jim Acosta is mentally ill they talk about the president being a racist well I think Acosta must be a bigot they call the president Hitler well what about Acosta what about all the people on the left in the media in the Democrat party and all the rest well you want to talk about the rules for the media You know what the media is thinking about and talking about right now? I shouldn't say the media. I should say CNN. I should say CNN. Although much of the media follow suit with their stupid amicus briefs. I want you to hear this fat slob who goes by the name of Carl Bernstein. Now, Carl Bernstein was of the the Lounge Act, Woodward and Bernstein. You may have seen them sort of tap dancing across the uh, liberal stage. Uh, But Carl Bernstein really is a stupid man, and he kind of was hanging on uh, Woodward's coattails in order to get that Watergate gig. And it's not like Woodward had to do a hell of a lot of work. It was the deputy FBI director that was feeding him the vast majority of the information on the criminal investigation. Anybody could be a reporter under those circumstances. Uh, But that's another issue. I want you to hear Carl Bernstein on CNN yesterday Suggesting that the media should censor the president and the media should determine what's news and edit what the president says by taping his press conferences and not running them live. Cut six, go. We need to
2: start thinking of a different way to cover his press conferences and briefings. For instance, I don't think we should be taking them live all the time and just pasting them up on the air because they're basically propagandist exercises because they are overwhelmed by his dishonesty and lying. So how could we cover them differently? Maybe we should be there, edit Decide as reporters what is news, and after the press conference or briefing is over, then go with that story with clips. Rather this is than- a
1: big deal, what he's saying. I know you're cringing in anger, but it is a big deal. It gives you insight into how fools like this think. He's a reporter, so-called, right? What is better news than a live event, a presidential press conference? But he's saying, no, 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 no. Because the president is a propagandist and a liar. We, in the media, have to take the actual news of what he's saying and edit it and decide what is our view of the news, with our liberal values, what our priorities are. You heard him say it effectively, didn't he? That's how they normally cover the news. So... Here we have one part of CNN going into federal court demanding that their guy needs a hard pass or it's a violation of freedom of the press. Then we have this other part of CNN that is saying, no, he should get a pass. We, after all, are self-proclaimed reporters, and we have a right to be wherever we want, whenever we want. However, we will also determine what is actual news. And because we despise this president— because we oppose this president, because the vast majority of us are Democrats and liberals or pretend independents. He's a liar. Did any one of these fools ever call Barack Obama a liar when he was lying through his teeth on health care and we all knew it? When he was lying through his teeth on immigration and we all knew it? In fact, the congressman stood up and accused him of it at one of his State of the Union addresses. In fact... One of the major tenets of being a progressive, a statist, is you must lie about things. Free health care, free college, tax the rich, that'll take care of everything. It's a major tenet of progressivism and statism. They lie all the time about things that are impossible. Things that are impossible. Impossible. And they lie all the time about people who are in their way. Well, that guy's a racist, that's for sure. That guy's deplorable. That guy's stupid.
2: Go ahead. Treating the briefing or press conference as a campaign event, which they really are, and which we did in the campaign as well. We gave them all this free airtime on cable news especially. We need to start treating it like a news event. And look, in cable we have websites. We can put up the total press conference on our website so that everybody has the chance to see it or the briefing. And we ought to. And it's a matter of record. And we can be the place of record so everybody can see every word if they want it. But we need to start editing. But not it. on
1: cable, you see, folks. We have to edit. We have to censor. We have to rejigger. We have to change the whole thing. Now. What if the President of the United States took that position? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have one camera in the press room. My camera. And we will record my press conference. And when it's over, we will edit it. And we will put the information out that we want to put out that we think is news. No, 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 that's a First Amendment violation, freedom of the press. Did he not just say that's what he wants to do? But we're not the government, ladies and gentlemen. TV press conferences began under Dwight Eisenhower. That's exactly what he did. They recorded the press conference. They edited it. And they put out the clips that they thought were newsworthy. Because here's the point that I keep making. The purpose of a presidential news conference is not to entertain the media. The purpose of a presidential news conference is not to inform the media. The purpose of a presidential press conference is to inform the American people. What Bernstein is proposing will not inform the American people. It would be edited. Things would be censored. Just because he has determined as a liberal Democrat that the President of the United States is campaigning doesn't mean that his view should win the day for the entirety of the nation. Notice he doesn't say those things when Democrats are President. He had a hate on for Nixon. He had a hate on for for Reagan. He had a hate on for both Bushes. He has a hate on for Trump. But he loved Obama, as did most of the media, and they still do. And Obama lied all the time. And so now they're talking about censoring the president, the free press, about censoring the president. This is why we as a nation, we as a people, this is our country. It's not Mr. Bernstein's to run. It's nobody's to run. It's ours. This is why we need to take a close look at what the media in this country are doing. Not for government interference. We are the true constitutionalists. We don't tinker with the Constitution. They do. We need to take a close look at the media in this country. What it is that they're doing. Because it is my position that they throw around freedom of the press and they attack Trump with it not because they really fear about freedom of the press. Are you kidding me? We got more knuckleheads in the media than we've ever had before saying the dumbest things in the world. Nobody stops them. They've abandoned any so-called professional standards. They omit information. They bring in the biggest goofballs in Congress they can possibly think of. Professors you never heard of that call somebody racist or mentally ill. They bring in John Dean to talk about ethics, for God's sakes. Not like there's a problem with the media access to the American people in this country. We've never seen anything like this before. The problem is with the people that populate the media their ideology, their motivation, and their purpose. Whether the president's running for president or not is none of Mr. Bernstein's business. It's a presidential press conference. Nobody needs to show up if they don't want to. They're in court demanding that they be allowed to show up. But look what they're demanding, that they not only be allowed to show up, but they be allowed to censor and edit what takes place in that room. And they shouldn't cover, you see, the news conference from beginning to end pretty appalling. That's Bernstein. It gets worse. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, Brian Stelter went to Towson State. The, uh, he was operating ba- pretty much as a, as a one-off in the basement, you know, sitting in his, uh, his underwear. Trying to grow a beard, but he's incapable of that. Eating Cheetos and doing that sort of thing. And he got noticed by the New York Slimes. He was hired by the New York Slimes. And then uh, he could get more money at CNN. Then he went to CNN. But he's always been what he's always will be. Truly a nobody. But there he is at CNN. This is supposed to be a reporter, okay? Cut five, go. So, Carl, you know, I, I sound like I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do in these situations where he's not just saying something that's untrue, because it's one thing to say something that's untrue, and then we can tell the truth. He's rambling on in a nonsensical, unhinged way, and I'm not sure we should broadcast it on television anymore. So that was the lead-in question to Bernstein, but I wanted you to get the Bernstein substance first. So listen to this little nobody, this little tyrant. Who's being fascistic now? Who's being fascistic now? So Trump is rambling in a nonsensical, unhinged way, and we shouldn't broadcast it, I don't think, anymore. All these little Napoleons. That's not freedom of the press, ladies and gentlemen. These are propaganda mills. Mr. Stelter, you're a propagandist. Bernstein's a propagandist, too. And the truth is, you're left-wing ideologues. You've managed to get reporting jobs. Bernstein's managed to get rich, being an ideologue and a propagandist. They would never investigate a Democrat the way they investigated Nixon. They never did. And the treatment of Trump is way overboard. Way, way overboard. He's not unhinged. He's not unsens- nonsensical. You may not like the way he speaks or how he speaks. But if you want to see unhinged and nonsensical, look in the mirror. Look at what you people do day in and day out. Look at what you people say day in and day out. What kind of a network hires Sharpton to be a host, even on the weekend? or for that matter, Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter was handed information related to FISA by me by looking at published reports. And he's such a dug-in ideologue. And he's so nonsensical and unhinged. He said, I needed to prove that the media were correct. And I had said... I'm not reporting this. I'm pulling together what the media had said. But because it indicated that the prior administration was violating federal law, was abusing the FBI and the intelligence agencies like no other administration in modern American history, Mr. Stelter went in a defensive posture. He put a pot over his head and... uh, walked around the house in his basement, ignoring it all, and then attacking me. So Mr. Stelter, Mr. Bernstein, both paid by CNN, rather than supporting freedom of the press, want to use fascistic tactics to shut down the president in the name of freedom of the press. That's exactly what they're doing. They have no idea what freedom of the press means. They can't even define the press. They can't define freedom. They don't know the history of the freedom of the press. They don't know what took place during the colonial periods, the pre-revolutionary period, the revolutionary period, the post-revolutionary period. They don't put context into anything. It's just like these idiot network reports I have to listen to on this program. Where all they do is mouth the Democrat talking points about their latest pathetic lawsuit involving Matthew Whitaker, suddenly they've heard of the appointments clause. When I talked about it months ago, they ignored it. When I talked about it months ago in the context of Mueller, it was dismissed. When the Democrats bring a lawsuit and bring up the appointments clause in the context of Matthew Whitaker, all of a sudden it's national news. You get it? They are ideologically driven, and they cannot restrain themselves in quote-unquote reporting the quote-unquote news. You know what the big news is today? The country's going broke, broker than broke, and that it's going to have consequences. And no amount of laws being passed, and no amount of tax increases, and no amount of redistribution of wealth can fix it. And what the hell is the Democrat Congress going to do about it in the House? Nothing. Well, that's not true. Make it worse. And Mitch McConnell, who gets this laudatory write-up in the Weekly Standard, W-E-A-K-L-Y, in the Weekly Standard, has done more to explode the federal debt than any majority leader in the history of this country. But they praise him for getting judges through No! Let's praise Harry Reid for getting judges through. It was that idiot who started pushing the ball to get rid of the filibuster when it comes to the judiciary. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, dot ncom offer code LEVIN. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now, back to the best of me.
0: If you turn off your radio and open the window... You can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at
1: 877-381-3811. You won't want to miss our third hour. Rush Limbaugh was incredibly gracious today, and I want to talk about that and some of the things he said and some of the things I want to say about him. Uh, And and then later in the hour, uh, Sean Hannity as well. But I'd asked Rush Rush to uh, induct me into the National Radio Hall of Fame. He immediately agreed he was going to fly up here on his own dime and fly back, and the weather was a disaster. And then, to my surprise, and it shouldn't be a surprise because he's always a class act, always a decent gentleman and class act, despite what you hear in the media. Um... He took time out of his show today, and really, it was just absolutely, uh, well, very gracious of him. So I'll I'll talk about that. And Sean took time out of his schedule to do a video and so forth. It's a little inside radio, you know, but I think people find it fascinating. I know when I used to listen to radio as a kid, I had my Radio Shack transistor radio on my bedstand. When I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, I couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. Then I would be listening to hosts on what was then WCAU radio, now WPHT. I would listen to uh, Joel Spivek, Bernie Herman. I would listen later WWDB to uh, to great hosts on that station as well. So Dominic Quinn was really terrific. And uh, there were others. (coughs) Excuse me. And I also would adjust the the antenna to listen to New York City radio, WOR and WABC. In particular, wherever Bob Grant went, I tried to listen to Bob Grant. And I've had many blessings in my life. And one of the blessings is to have gotten to know Bob Grant even as I got into this business. And the late great Tom Marr, who used to fill in here from time to time, he was a host in New York, a host in Philly, wound up in Baltimore, and uh, was a dear, dear friend, and many others. And I would start calling into radio shows, but in particular, a radio show called The Rascals that was on from like midnight to five in the morning. And I would call into that show on WCAU, and the host was Bill Corsair, and I got to see him last week. And his beautiful wife. And um, it was just an enormous amount of fun. And the other thing is, as I do talk radio now, I don't just show up. as Mr. B. I don't just show up behind a microphone. I'm doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sending him emails. We provide a whole list of links of emails I send to him. And then he'll send them to me. And then I'll go through. I mean, there's work involved here. Three in the morning if I'm awake, if I'm working on my book and I come across something and I am working on my book, at three in the morning and that's when I have to work on it. I'll send it to Mr. Producer. Hopefully he doesn't get a ding. Hopefully he silences his phone. Or I'll have things posted throughout the day. It's constant. Why? Because I love it. That's why. And I love radio. I love radio. I love listening to it although I listen to it less and less because I'm so busy, and I absolutely love doing it. And if there wasn't a radio station or network that would, that would be interested in me, I'd be podcasting the next day. And the millions and millions of you I would hope would be with me. Maybe I'll do that one day, but you never know. And Westwood One has been Wonderful. I must say, uh, they have uh, really never, ever interfered with this broadcast, never interfered with a single thing I've ever said. And they were very excited about the uh, Hall of Fame award, really. And there's an outstanding president of Westwood One, Susan Grimes, and she has a great staff over there. So I have no complaints from me. And uh, there were other inductees, wonderful people. Mike Francesa, what a great guy. All of you in New York, you know exactly who I'm talking about. John Bredemeyer of Chicago, terrific guy. Who else was there, Mr. Producer? I can't remember everybody. Well, Mr. Producer wasn't there. He couldn't get there. But there were many, many greats. Don't, don't get me wrong, just because my memory is focused elsewhere right now. Anyway, I'll deal with that. In the third hour, if I may. Now, I'm going to read to you, Sarah Sanders, a list of requirements now, rules, that reporters must follow if they intend to receive and retain a hard pass. And I want you to listen to this. This is for grown adults who call themselves reporters. Number one. A journalist called upon to ask a question will ask a single question and then will yield the floor to other journalists. I hope Judge Kelly's uh, following the bouncing ball here because this is nothing more than a restatement of the process that used to be in place and understood to be in place. But now it has to be put in writing, you see, because Judge Kelly feels it needs to be put in writing. There needs to be due process, you know, due process has nothing to do with this. But anyway, let's go on. Number two. At the discretion of the president or other White House official taking questions, a follow-up question or questions may be permitted, and where a follow-up has been allowed and asked, the questioner will then yield the floor. They have to put this in writing. Number three, yielding the floor includes, when applicable, physically surrendering the microphone to White House staff for use by the next questioner. You would think this is like a Monty Python skit, but it's not. Number four, failure to abide by any of the rules, one through three, may result in suspension or revocation of the journalist's hard pass. You happy, Judge? How stupid. This is TRO and everything else that will likely follow. Sanders says, We've created these rules with a degree of regret. For years, members of the White House press corps have attended countless press events with the president and other officials without engaging in the behavior Mr. Acosta displayed at the December 2018, excuse me, November 7, 2018 press conference. We would have greatly preferred to continue hosting White House press conferences in reliance on a set of understood professional norms. And we believe the overwhelming majority of journalists covering the White House share that preference. But given the position taken by CNN... And it's slip and fall lawyers. That's right. We now feel obligated to replace previously shared practices with explicit rules. We are mindful that a more elaborate and comprehensive set of rules might need to be devised, including, for example, for journalist conduct in the open, non-press room areas, inside and outside the White House, and for Air Force One. These clowns at CNN, this clown Acosta, and quite frankly, these lawyers who have clown themselves, do they realize what they've done, that they've opened Pandora's box? You want rules, now you're going to get rules, all kinds of rules. Whereas before you could operate sort of in the in the ambiguous areas and so forth, now you're going to get rules. And if you don't follow the rules, you'll be alerted to the fact you're not following the rules, and then you'll be kicked out. Does that make you happy? No. So all the media out there with all the amicus briefs, claiming this is a First Amendment issue, now you're getting your due process. How stupid are you people? Very. At this time, however, we decided not to frame such rules in the hope that professional journalistic norms will suffice to regulate conduct in those places. If unprofessional behavior occurs in those settings, or if a court should decide that explicit rules are required to regulate conduct there, we will be forced to reconsider this decision, and it goes on. Now, here's the thing, folks. There are people, clearly in the media, some in talk radio, who constantly are trashing the president, saying he overreaches, he only shoots himself in the foot, he does this, and, and most of the people who say this do not like this president. They're typically progressive statists, or never-Trumpers, or former never-Trumpers, or would-be never-Trumpers, or just generally... Don't like the president. Well, if you feel that the president's making mistake after mistake after mistake, you don't like the president. You never liked the president. You didn't vote for the president. Why do you care? Well, I care about the country. No, you don't. This is all really about politics. It's not about the country. How much news anymore is about the country? May I ask you? How much news is about the country? What's the debt today? Does anybody know? No. Because they don't report it. What actually occurred in that courthouse that I talked about last week? Do you know? No, you don't. Because you don't have the transcript. What's actually happening with this caravan? I mean parade. I mean the invaders. Do you know? No. Because many of the media outlets are doing everything they can that Bernstein talks about. Well, you know, don't cover it live. We, the liberal ideologues who run the media, you'll you'll run it through us. We'll edit the stuff. And by the way, did we tell you the president's Hitler, a racist? And a liar? Oh, yeah, yeah. But don't worry, we'll take care of the news side. So if the president is bad as all these people say, why do they care? Why do they care? I want to tell you about ExpressVPN. Every time you go online or use public Wi-Fi, you're putting your personal information in danger. Unless you take precautions. A hacker can grab your passwords or credit card information in seconds. These hacks happen millions of times a day, and the victims have their personal information exposed or identity stolen. So how can you protect yourself? Well, the software I use is called ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone to stay secure online. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and encrypts all your data online. This means nobody, nobody can see what you do on the Internet, not even government spy agencies like the NSA. The ExpressVPN app takes 90 seconds to set up on your computer or phone. You click a button, and poof, you're protected. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, visit expressvpn.com mark. Holy mo- smokes. Here we go. Expressvpn.com mark to get this special offer. Three months free with a one-year package. I strongly encourage you to do it, especially around the holidays. That's expressvpn.com mark for three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Visit expressvpn.com/mark today. What a service that is! We'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin.
1: This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving. What do Jake Tapper, Wolf Blitzer, Chris Cuomo, Alison Camerata, Don Lemon, Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski, Chris Matthews, and Rachel Maddow all have in common other than being left-wing kooks? Not one of them has gone south of the border to determine the makeup of the parade Not one of them has even gone to Tijuana, and yet all of them claim that when Trump talks about this, despite Trump being the president, getting intelligence from Homeland Security, getting intelligence from ICE and the Border Patrol, getting intelligence from our military, getting intelligence from the Mexican government that what's going on down there is not very pleasant, and that there may be hundreds of criminals and gang members and so forth, Every one of these people claim to be a reporter, or to be reporting, or to be analyzing the news. They're nowhere near the action. Nowhere near the action. Brian Stelter's not there. Carl Bernstein's not there. Yet they question the president. They attack the president, and they call him a racist. Who else hasn't been there and isn't there? Jim Acosta. Uh, I want to challenge you, Mr. President, on the. Excuse me, are you a reporter? No, no, I want to challenge you, Uh, uh, sir. And in more ways than none, he's saying, isn't it true that you're a racist and a bigot? That pretty much was what he was asking. Hey, freedom of the press, let's all circle the wagons. Guy's a maniac. And yet that's exactly what's going on south of the border. In Tijuana, the officials there and the people there do not want these people in their community. Now, I know they're not white supremacists. I know they weren't raised in white privilege because they're not white. They're Latinos. And how is it that Trump gets 30 to 33% of Latino vote and you wouldn't know it? Because Tapper and Blitzer and uh, what are the other reindeer called? Anyway, uh, Chris Cuomo, Scarborough, Brzezinski, and the rest of them, Don't go and talk to that 30 or 33%. Why is that? Yet they claim to know who they are and what they are. You know, around the country, millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time and then spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because they neglected to change out their air filters and their system failed. This costly mistake is completely avoidable by regularly replacing the air filters at FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options, that ship for free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, FilterBuy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement, and you will never forget to change the filthy filters out again for the brand new fresh ones. Now, this is so much easier than going to the hardware store having to special order filters. Plus, they work great, and they're made in America. FilterBuy will save you time, money, and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. Now is exactly the time to order. FilterBuy, B-U-Y, FilterBuy.com. Now clean out those uh, filthy fil- filters and put in uh, new filters. Tomorrow's a big day, you know. Tomorrow is a big day in Ridgewood, New Jersey. WABC land. Throughout New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The tri-states. And Why is everywhere is tri-states? Because there's three states. You know, when I was growing up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, it was Pennsylvania, let's see, Delaware, and New Jersey. The tri-states. In New York, I think it's Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. Look at that, the tri-states. Anyway, those of you, and also Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, listen up. And the rest of you, by the way. Big, big event in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is a beautiful, beautiful town, by the way. At 4 p.m. tomorrow, that would be Eastern time, 4 p.m. tomorrow, at a wonderful independent bookstore where I sign books all the time. Bookends, as it's called, bookends at Ridgewood, New Jersey, tomorrow at 4 p.m., my lovely wife, Julie Levin. She will not only be doing a special children's story time reading Our Police, my late father's beautiful book, and it is a beautiful book, but she will sign and personalize every book. It's the perfect time. It's for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, or any occasion, or no occasion this will be the last time this will be done so join my beautiful wife Julie for a special children's story time reading of Our Police at bookends Ridgewood, New Jersey tomorrow 4pm just google it one word bookends Ridgewood, New Jersey tomorrow 4pm and she will personalize and sign the Our Police book and bring your little ones with you if you can we'll be right back With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones, and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet.
0: Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader,
1: Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. All of you who are not driving, if you're at a computer, a laptop, an iPad, you have a handheld device, I want you to look up right now. Let's do it all together. My name on Wikipedia. My name on Wikipedia. Wikipedia self-identifies as the free encyclopedia. Most of you don't even have an encyclopedia anymore, a hard encyclopedia. We used to have encyclopedias, the Britannica, dictionaries, but everyone goes online now. So what's online is very important, don't you think, Mr. Producer? So look up Mark Levin on Wikipedia. You will find at the very bottom they have 97 footnotes. 97 footnotes, because they know in the vast majority of cases, nobody's going to actually look at those footnotes, but it looks very impressive. Wikipedia is part of the media. It's where people go, even though they say they don't go there. And they obviously have a person assigned to me. It's got to be the longest, or one of the longest, Wikipedia write-ups of anybody. And uh, I want to give you an example. Go to the very last entry, James Khashoggi, or that is Jamal Khashoggi. He's the the reporter who was brutally murdered by the Saudis in the in their consul in Turkey. Let me read it to you. After prominent Saudi journalist and dissident. Jamal Khashoggi was killed and potentially murdered by Saudi operatives Levin claimed that Khashoggi was a longtime friend of terrorists Levin also stated without evidence that Trump was the victim of an insane media conspiracy when Trump was criticized for not forcefully condemning Saudi Arabia for Khashoggi's killing now go to footnote 97 I'm taking this because it's the newest entry Quote, Conservatives mount a whisper campaign smearing Khashoggi in defense of Trump's in defense of Trump unquote. Washington Post retrieved ten twenty four twenty eighteen. fourth, twenty eighteen. Now what's the problem with that? I never said a word of this. Not one word. Not one word. And when that article was written, making the allegation against me, I wasn't on any media platform. I hadn't written anything on social media. I hadn't been on radio, Levin TV, Fox. I was sitting next to my father in hospice. I never said a word of this. I called out the Washington Post when I returned. Did I not, Mr. Producer? They never retracted it, they never corrected it, they never apologized, and now Wikipedia cites it as fact. I'll give you another example. And there's many here, I'm just looking at it. Evolutionary biology. On April 29, 2018, Levin dedicated his weekly Fox News program to the thesis that... Evolutionary biology isn't a science, claiming that this notion of Darwinism, atheism, really, progressivism, they really don't work with constitutionalism. Now, let's stop there. I didn't dedicate my show on Fox to evolutionary biology. I had a brilliant intellectual on my program where we discussed many, many subjects. And this subject, which he brought up and I discussed with him, he made the case And he's not some right-winger or anything of the sort. He's a real thinker. And he made the case that Darwinism is a fraud. That maybe there's evolution of some kind, maybe there's not. But they can't really prove it because you can't go from apes to Neanderthals to this, that, and there. And he was actually using science to explain it. Darwinism, for anybody who actually reads, is a crucially important aspect of the intellectual progressives from 100 years ago. They cite him all the time, not because of evolution of animals, because they use Darwin, survival of the fittest, which is sort of a fortune cookie statement, but still, in explaining society and humanity That's the danger of applying Darwinism to the behavioral sciences, social sciences, and political science. Because Darwinism can be used to do horrific things in the name of government. That was the discussion. Now let me read what he says. Whoever posted this, Levin dedicated his weekly Fox News program to the thesis that evolutionary biology isn't a science, claiming that this notion of Darwinism, atheism, really progressivism, they really don't work with constitutionalism, adding that Darwinism leads to forms of tyranny, which it does and has. Levin also attacked the validity of other sciences, including political science, behavioral science, and social sciences. These sciences, quote-unquote, are not the hard physical sciences, ladies and gentlemen, they are these, these, these human sciences created, again, by the left, for the most part, to try and figure out how to organize people. Bemoaning that they are applied by the progressives, by the communists, and had their birth out of, among others, Darwinism. Now, I'm not asserting that. The philosophers that undergird progressivism asserted that. And point to Darwinism. The following day on his radio show, Levin further clarified his position by remarking that DNA is a science, evolution is not a science. Evolution is not a science, ladies and gentlemen. It's a theory. Now, we can debate this, but don't cherry pick what I said to make it look maniacal. And that's what these people at Wikipedia are doing. That's what these people at Wikipedia are doing. I give you want to see another example. Wiretap claim. I'm just looking right up the list, trying to take the shorter ones. In March twenty seventeen, Levin alleged that the Obama administration had used quote unquote police state surveillance tactics. ...against the Donald Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. The Associated Press said that Levin, quote, voiced without evidence the idea that Obama had wiretapped Trump Tower. I never said Obama wiretapped Trump Tower, but let's go on. Levin protested the AP report vigorously, demanding a retrac- attraction and apology on the grounds that his sources for the statement included the New York Times and other newspapers... His statement was reprinted by Breitbart News and reportedly became the basis of President Trump's unfounded Trump Tower wiretapping allegations. In 2017, September, reports emerged of a court-ordered Federal Bureau of Investigation wiretap on Trump campaign, Paul Manafort. While certain Trump supporters allege that this surveillance vindicated Levin, listen to this, this is an encyclopedia uh, and Trump's unsupported allegations, David A. Graham of The Atlantic noted, this is not true. Trump claimed he had been subject of Obama-ordered politically motivated surveillance, for which there remains no evidence. Ladies and gentlemen, how can I be wrong when I was reading specifically from media reports and saying over and over again, these are from media reports, and drawing conclusions that are in media reports based on media reports but Levin's not vindicated you see it's a conspiracy theory it's a conspiracy theory I said that it appeared that there had been FISA warrants to based on media reports and based on media reports There were four, actually, when you consider the extensions. The date of the first one I had wrong because the media outlet had it wrong. But I'm looking at these leaks. And having worked at the Justice Department, I'm saying, I don't know how many times, there are leaks coming out of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Who the hell else would know about FISA warrants? And there were leaks coming out of the Department of Justice and the FBI. I got an enormous amount of this right on and the media hated me for it and i'm citing the media this kind of uh of of outrageous postings on this wikipedia site they're really unbelievable for example on my books we might have one or two people who say something negative about the books But we might have 15 or 20 who say something wonderful about the books. So they'll have some guy who says something terrible. And then maybe one or two who says something nice. Well, then don't put any. Just say what my books are. But they don't. They give the impression that there's like a 50-50 view of the book reviews. There's not a 50-50 view of the book reviews. The overwhelming number of book reviews have been positive in every single one of my books. With a handful, not even a handful, a couple, that have been negative. But they all find a place on Wikipedia, all of them. So every single negative thing that has been said about me by my detractors, by leftists, by morons, winds up on Wikipedia. The fact that I use this program to discuss American history, capitalism, philosophy like Montesquieu or Locke or whomever, the fact that we discuss liberty, negative liberty, positive liberty, the fact that we discuss court cases, the fact that we go deep into so many issues, you'll never see that on Wikipedia. You'll never see it on Wikipedia. It's incredible. The free online encyclopedia, the free encyclopedia Wikipedia. And because I call them out, they will not allow you to go in and fix it. They will not allow you to go and fix it. They say this section has been nominated to be checked for its neutrality. Discussions of this nomination can be found on the talk page. This is their excuse for allowing this to continue. So what we're going to do in the weeks and months ahead is we're going to pick one individual on the left that's on Wikipedia, and I'm going to encourage you to go into Wikipedia and distort everything. And then we'll pick another person on the left. We'll go into Wikipedia and we'll distort that too. Because this has to be exposed as another Internet Left wing site that operates in the shadows, makes radically political decisions, and is not an encyclopedia, the free encyclopedia. It is the left wing encyclopedia. And you should discourage your children from using Wikipedia as a factual resource. It's not an encyclopedia. It's not like the old Britannicus. It's a joke. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. I'm almost done, but let me go through a few more of these as I continue to read it. in My eyes just... Levin has been described as conservative, right-wing, and pro-Trump. Levin is known for criticizing Democrats and encouraging primary challenges to a number of incumbent congressional Republicans. That's true. But then I want you to get to the radio broadcasting, right? Let's get to this part. It's, It's actually quite short. The first paragraph has one or two sentences, then the next one. Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner. Let's stop right there. I've had a radio career over 15 years. What does former House Speaker John Boehner have to do with defining my radio career? Former Republican House Speaker John Boehner said in October 2017. This is what they have under broadcasting that Levin was responsible for influencing other conservative media voices like Hannity and Rush Limbaugh towards the far right, saying, quote, the right-wing guy, Levin, he went really crazy right and got a big audience, and he dragged Hannity to the dark side, he dragged Rush to the dark side, unquote. So you see how you put these things together? That, my books, I'm a conspiracy theorist, on the deep conspiracy state conspiracies, and the wiretapping and Jamal Khashoggi. This is a character assassination. Character assassination. On June 24, 2018, he was inducted to the National Radio Hall of Fame. No, I wasn't. I was inducted last week. I was nominated, but that doesn't matter. So let me ask you folks something. The board or the committee of the National Radio Hall of Fame gets together, and they're looking at all these possible nominees. They look all over the country, well over a thousand radio stations, thousands of hosts, many of whom are very good. And I'm selected in this format because, according to John Boehner, I'm dragging the other guys over to the right. Is that it? No, that's not why I was nominated. And that's not why you voted for me. And yet, if you don't know anything and you go on Wikipedia, this is what you know about me. And there are 97 footnotes. I'm doing this as a public service, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, stay away from Wikipedia. Stay away from Wikipedia. If you're going to use it, use it very sparingly as sort of a jumping-off point. Because it's very left-wing, it's very dishonest. I wonder if Carl Bernstein edits this thing. You think he does, Mr. Producer? Because, of course, everything has to go through the left-wing freedom of the press types in order to be uh, considered news. So this is not a serious encyclopedia. I could go through the other pieces, too. It's just too monotonous. But according to them, I said, basically, Khashoggi hung around with terrorists and got what he deserved. I never said a word about that. Oh, and he's a kook on evolution, too. The discussion was far more substantive and serious than that. Oh, and he has conspiracy theories on the wiretap. It was the New York Times headline that brought up the wiretap. I was reading what they said, but still they got it wrong. And of course, his radio career consists of John Boehner basically saying he dragged Rush and Sean to the ugly side, the dark. You understand. All right, we're going to move on. I'll be right back. 833 Ring BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Levin. That's brickhouse, L E V I N dot com, or call 833 Ring B H N, promo code Levin. This is the best of Mark Levin. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Mark Levin doesn't just read the news. He makes the news. Call the Mark
1: Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Another police officer murdered this time in Chicago in a hospital. We don't have all the facts yet. Another police officer murdered. You know, on Saturday, when my wife and I were at uh, at Barnes & Noble at the Tyson's Mall, and I was speaking to the folks who had gathered there for about an hour, maybe a little longer, I don't remember. One young lady, very respectfully, said, you know, you talk about our police. You talk about, you know, respecting them and their various duties and the dangers they face. But what about people who have a different perception and a different experience? Fair question. And as I say, very respectful, Jim Acosta could have learned from her. I said, if there is a rogue cop or a rogue person in any profession or any walk of life, rogue has a meaning. That is, they're conducting themselves outside the norm. They're the exception. They're not the rule. And they should be dealt with. Rogue so-called reporters like Acosta. Rogue athletes, rogue lawyers, rogue doctors, whatever. And I said, thank God we live in a country where that is addressed. We do not live in a police state where it's not addressed. But my problem, I explained, is this politically motivated left-wing attack on law enforcement as an institution with claims of systemic Abuse with claims of systemic racism. It doesn't exist. Are there racists yet? Is there systemic racism? No. Is there systemic police abuse? No. And I'm sick and tired of hearing it. There are places outside of this country where that exists, and they are hellholes. But not in this country. Not in this country. Not under our Constitution. Systemic, ladies and gentlemen, means it's the rule. Systemic would mean that rogue law enforcement is the rule, not the exception. Like rogue, anything else would be the rule, not the exception. That is a bald-faced lie. or that this country has systemic racism, that is a bald-faced lie. Bald-faced lie. And so now we have another police officer who's lost his life in Chicago. It's very, very troubling to me, very, very troubling to me how how this sort of thing is, is more and more accepted. I don't mean accepted, the murder accepted, but more and more, okay, what's for dinner? Next issue. I always think when these police officers, when they stop a car in the middle of the night and they don't know who's in the car, they don't know how many people are in the car, they don't know if they're armed, they don't know a thing. They're going up to that car they're putting their lives on the line just by stopping that car. If somebody pulls out a gun from under their leg or next to them or a seat, and the police officer, even hanging a little bit back on the window, he doesn't necessarily draw his weapon or her weapon, they're easily killed or easily maimed. Because that police officer has to make A decision they have to anticipate. But the perpetrator or would be killer, you don't have to do any of that. Just does it. Just does it. This was the stuff that drove my father batty and infuriated him. And me too. You know, I had a great man on my uh, program on Fox, on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. I hope you enjoyed it. It was 10 p.m. Eastern, as usual, on the Fox News Channel. And um, I want you to hear some of what he had to say. We'll keep it short. And that was Victor Davis Hanson. You've seen his name. You've seen him on TV from time to time. He is, he's one of the standouts in our current society transformation of america is it picking up speed cut 13 go so you've already you're saying what you've already seen and i agree with the fundamental transformation of america gradually
3: is it picking up speed now I think it is. I don't want to be pessimistic in the sense that I really admire you and I admire people at Fox News. I admire people, some in the Republican Party, really brave for voices that there are in academia that are saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak out regardless of the consequences. But the, the Romans and the Greeks believe that luxus, that's a word authors use, luxury, affluence, leads to non-seriousness, I don't want to use the word decadence, but we are such an affluent leisure society so somebody from the inner city can have an iphone with more computing power than six ibm mainframes a guy across the street can come from mexico and he can be in a kia and that can be a better ride than a mercedes 30 years ago and i think that's great but what we don't get with it is some collective gratitude or some sense of accomplishment instead we get that kia is not as good as today's uh, lexus and therefore the equality result didn't work for me and that I don't don't like the lack of gratitude or the trashing of the system or our ancestors that gave us all the system maybe it's the universities have created an arrogant and ignorant cadre of youth but uh, something's gone
1: wrong Mm -hmm. and he's quite right cut 14 go we had this election people say it's a great win democrats say it's a blue wave what do you see in this election?
3: Well, I'd see it in a historical context, and that's not. And I'm trying to be an optimist. Barack Obama lost 63 seats, six senators, and was re-elected. Bill Clinton, I think, lost 52, eight senators, re-elected. So zealots and partisans relax in a midterm, and people who were defeated get re-energized. That's common. But there were, I think, there were a couple of disturbing things, and that is. The aftermath of the election. It just seems that every time there's a recount in Arizona and Florida, or even Georgia, or especially where I am in California, four seats that were won and then lost. And uh, it's kind of the opposite of what Napoleon said at Austerlitz. You know, he said at 11 o'clock I have lost here, but three o'clock I won it. Well, it, I thought on election day we'd won more. We'd only lost 26 or so.
1: Do, do we ever win seats that we were losing? five days later. I can't think of many. No, I
3: think maybe 20 years ago when older yeah. people were the absentee ballots, but yeah. now it's the SCIU, the mobilized people, and that Democrats are much better at it than Republicans, and that we thought we would learn. The other thing in these very close races where we lost some good people... We've got this missing four to five. The so-called deplorable, the Trump-based parole voters, whatever, they were there. But now there's going to be a great discussion. Where do you pick up the missing 5% that would have won you some of these good Senate seats? Is it to appeal to the African-American community and say, I think Trump might want to consider that. Go into the inner city and say, you know what, I may have said things, you may have said things we didn't get along but I want you to have leverage over your employer. I want you to have a choice of jobs. I gave you an opportunity in an economy, and I think you're going to take advantage of it. And I think that's what I'm worried. I want you to be powerful. And I think you could say the Latino community, when we close that border and make it legal and bureaucratic, guess what? You're communities can have ap in the classes they don't have to have bilingual education your kids are not going to be bullied by gang members from central america and you're going to be in such demand that your wages are going to climb as they went three percent this year and then we have that other missing i don't know maybe you know better than i do and that's the proverbial i don't know who they are but the cable liberals keep talking about the suburban women that are turned off and we've lost them Maybe so. Uh, I don't know what, when he said Stormy Daniels was horse face, maybe that turns him off. I don't know. But there's 3 to 4%, and that, you don't need it all in one place. You can get 1% here in two. He's very close, but he's going to need a little bit of boost and if they have a credible candidate in 2020.
1: You know, as I listen to him, <clears throat> I think about this: suburban women. Um recent immigrants, liberal Jews, pro abortion Catholics, more religious Muslims, billionaires like Steyer and Bloomberg, among others, and poorer communities all vote Democrat. Not every single person in those communities, obviously, but the rule seems to be that they vote Democrat. And this is the Democrat Party. It cobbles together these various groups with group identities. It panders to them. And it tries to exploit the uh issues that are considered negative in these in these various communities that is it tries to exploit um, uh, dissatisfaction if you will and that not only is the nature now of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is radicalizing as it balkanizes. It has to become more and more radical and balkanize more and more. Now, why? Not so much to keep their coalition together, but to focus their opposition. To focus their opposition. So the opposition is focused on the culture, the opposition is focused on the Constitution, the opposition is focused on, quote-unquote, white privilege. You know, it's very interesting to me. It wasn't that long ago when about 80% of the population was considered white. Even if 80% of the population is not white because you have people... From different parts of the world, you know, everybody's not from Sweden, everybody's not an albino, but the way the government defines these things, you had about 80% of the population that's white. Now it's about 60%. And as that white population shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, mostly due to immigration and intermarriage, but mostly due to immigration, you hear more and more about white privilege. Because a political party and government policies are fueling, are fueling this. And it is a diabolical tactic, and it is a very, very dangerous tactic. Simply Safe is a fantastic security system. It's great protection for your home and family. And right now, Simply Safe is giving my listeners a great deal on home security. Order now and you'll get 25% off any Simply Safe system. Now, I love Simply Safe because they treat people right. They want more people to be safe in their homes. So the pricing is fair and honest around the clock professional monitoring is just $14.99 a month. Simply Safe has no contracts ever and no hidden fees. They really care about the people who buy their systems. That's so rare today. I'm not the only one who likes them either. CNET, PC Magazine, Wirecutter all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. Protect your home today with Simply Safe and get a great deal on home security. Go to simplysafemark.com and save 65% of your Simply Safe system and make sure to use that URL so they know I sent you. Very important. SimplySafemark.com. And this deal, by the way, ends. November 26th, so very soon, and you don't want to miss it. That's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. I'll be right back. Mark
0: Levin.
1: You're listening to the best of The Mark Levin Show. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, uh, with it getting colder, and it's really getting cold out there, the struggle to get out of bed is real. Casper makes it tempting to stay cozy under the covers. It's the most comfortable mattress that I've had. It's a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. You can sleep comfortably, never wake up overheated, thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how-did-they-do-that-size box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its engineering to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. Now's the perfect time to give Casper and try it yourself or to gift Casper to someone who you care about. Looking for that Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal? Head to Casper.com to save 10% on your entire order with the Casper mattress. That's Casper.com, offer code MARK. Casper.com, offer code MARK. Terms and conditions apply. Gee Wellickers, I've been talking for two hours, Mr. Producer. I've been talking for two hours. When we come back, I think you're going to have a fun time in the last hour, too. We're going to talk about, uh, as I said... A little bit of the history with Rush and me, a little bit of the history with Sean and me, a little bit of history, my history. It's not it's not that deep or broad in radio. And then we're going to take your calls because I just realized I haven't taken a single call here. Uh, now, I want to do one other thing. It's, it's, it's kind of out of order. There's really no perfect way to do this. I'm very concerned about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and more and more. Sonia Sotomayor, and the political statements they make, and the political interviews they give, and they're very selective about who they'll talk to. And with all this freedom of press issue out there, I don't think it's right that they won't talk to me. So I've asked Mr. Producer to contact Justice uh, Ginsburg's office. I know she's working from home, but they'll let you know. And contact Justice Sotomayor's office and ask them if they'll agree to a 10-minute interview, okay? And here she is on the Axe Files podcast with David Axelrod. Now, David Axelrod's not a news person. He was Obama's campaign guru. He's a left-wing Democrat. So if she's going to interview with him, there's no reason she can't interview with me. She's a public official, every bit as much as the president's a public official. She serves for life. If she's willing to talk to a a political handler and a political analyst like David Axelrod. She should be willing to talk to me. I'm not a political handler. I'm not a political analyst. And uh, I think I'll lead off with this at the top of the next hour before I get into these other issues. But she does this interview with him, and she says something that's quite remarkable, as if she's a politician on the Supreme Court representing an identity group. Or an ethnic group. That's not the job of a Supreme Court justice. So I want you to hear this again. This would be from uh, David Axelrod, Axe Files podcast. Very clever. Uh, And uh, I believe it was linked to, or at least promoted by CNN, of course. And I can assure you if a constitutionalist justice had done this sort of thing, Uh, They'd be accusing him of gang rape, you know, all the usual stuff. No due process, presumption of guilt. I'll be right back.
0: from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: This is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 381 3811 877 want to thank my buddy Dan Bonjuno for sitting in last night. The wonderful National Radio Hall of Fame event. And I'll tell you what. It took us over four hours to travel 20 miles from northern Jersey into New York. Now, these are the bluest of blue areas, ladies and gentlemen. The Democrats control everything local, state and federal so I want to congratulate them these are the highest taxed citizens in America and apparently they enjoy this they enjoy being ripped off by their government, so congratulations just keep electing more of them as apparently you have but uh, anyway it was a fabulous event it was a fabulous event put on by uh, Craig Kitchen, who did a tremendous job and there were a lot of people who I thanked. I left out Dennis Green and Charles Stanhauer, unfortunately, so I want to mention them now. I saw a lot of wonderful people there uh, and inductees. So, but most of all, I want to thank you, because as you know, I wouldn't be here but for you, and I certainly wouldn't be there but for you. It's a big deal. Uh, and again, I want to thank you very, very much and uh, my wonderful family, of course. One other things I, uh, thing I want to clean up. Tomorrow is Saturday. Tomorrow, at Barnes & Noble at Tyson's Corner in Virginia. My wife, Julie, and I will be there. We will be signing my father's book. Julie will be doing a storytime reading of Arab Police, the book. If you're interested and you want to sign copy and you want it for a Hanukkah or a Christmas or Thanksgiving, this is the time. This is the only event I will be at. Book, event, uh, book ends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. I will not be there. I will not be there. But my wife, Julie, will be there again for a special children's story time reading. That's 4 p.m. These are Eastern time. 4 p.m. on Tuesday, November 20th. 4 p.m. So bring your little kids. I think they'll have a blast. She'll be signing books if you're interested. And that's it. Those two events. All right, so we look forward to seeing folks in uh, Tyson's Corner tomorrow in Virginia, and our buddies from WMAL, and uh, bookends in uh, Ridgewood, New Jersey. My wife will be there Tuesday, November 20th, 4 p.m., and they're going to be a lot of fun. And the book is Our Police. Now, at Barnes & Noble, in Tyson's Corner, the focus is on Our Police, that book. I'll be signing uh, other books they've acquired there, some of my books, but... The focus is not that. The focus is uh, the little kids, our police, story time, that book. The New York Times still has refused to place my father's book on any of its lists, so I've just given up on these people. They're absolutely pathetic. So they can go to hell. I don't really care about them. You can hear my publisher now, Simon, don't say that, don't say that. Well, I said it. We have a special system how we count books. Yeah, I bet you do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get down to this now. There was a decision by a federal judge by the name of, what the hell is his name? Timothy Kelly. And in every article they say he's a Trump appointee, a Trump appointee, a Trump appointee. Have you noticed when they're left-wing appointees of Obama or Clinton? They never say that. I've pointed this out to you before. Again, I want to educate you about something because the New York Times, the cable TV networks, the other networks, the Washington Post are not going to tell you what I'm telling you. But as somebody who served in the Justice Department under Reagan and somebody who served in the White House as associate director of presidential personnel under Reagan, Handling, among other things, federal judge and nominations. The federal district courts, the federal district courts, even though a President Trump or a President Reagan or a President Bush or whomever may make nominations, typically what happens is the senators from the home states make recommendations. And if there's two Democrat senators from these various states, or it's a Democrat area, there has to be some horse-dealing. So let's say there's three vacancies. A Democrat senator will say, okay, I'm going to filibuster that or not anymore. What they'll say is, I'm going to hold that up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So sometimes a president has to say, all right, these are the two I want. You can get one. Now, this is why even when they report this, they call the judge Timothy J. Kelly, A Trump appointee. This is why they never tell you the background. Well, is it actually a Trump appointee, or was this part of a deal? I have no idea. That's a side point. It's not really that substantive. But I want you to know how this horse trading works. It's not the same on the appellate courts, that is the circuit courts, where an administration doesn't do horse trading. And it's certainly not the same when it comes to the United States Supreme Court. Now, we have a ruling from this judge, Kelly. Let me read from the New York Times. Stay with me. You're going to learn more than anybody else. Michael Grinbaum and Emily ball whatever, 400 letters, what do you expect? I can't pronounce it. A federal judge on Friday directed the White House to restore the press credentials of Jim Acosta of CNN. A win for media advocates and news organizations, In a major legal test of press rights under President Trump. Now let's stop there. The judge issued a TRO. A temporary restraining order. I don't know how he did it. I don't really know why he did it. It's a 14 day emergency order. That's what a TRO is. Not a permanent injunction and so forth. And To get a TRO, you have to show a heightened level of threat to the public, health, safety, that sort of thing. So this judge issues a TRO. So we went into the usual places to look for his ruling, right, Mr. Producer? I looked, Mr. Producer looked. My wife, Julie, who's a lawyer, looked. We asked somebody else to look, who's been a paralegal most of her life. And we all looked, and we couldn't find it. So this was a ruling from the bench. It was not a written ruling. There's no written order. A ruling from the bench. Now, the irony here, ladies and gentlemen, is there's no cameras in this courtroom. To my knowledge, there's no broadcast equipment of any kind for radio and so forth. So you and I were left out of the courtroom. You and I were left out of the information flow as it took place. Because federal courts don't allow television cameras. And so we have a judge ruling on whether or not a showman for a news network has a constitutional right to a hard press issued by the President of the United States. And this TRO suggests, although there's no constitutional underpinning yet, because he avoided that altogether, that he might. But you and I have no idea exactly what took place in that courtroom. We, the American people. The media are going around telling us what took place in that courtroom, but not you and I. Now let's go beyond that. So we contacted, we contacted the, uh, the court, and what happened? Well, let's see here. I'm looking at our email scheme here. We contacted the court, and we said, okay, uh, how do we get a copy? Did somebody make a transcript of what took place? Yes, somebody did. The court reporter, they have a court reporter. They made a transcript. Okay, is it posted somewhere? The transcript of what took place, an oral argument, is it posted somewhere? No, it's not. Wait a minute. It's not publicly posted anywhere? It's not publicly posted. Well, why not? Well, we're not going to do that for 90 days. Ninety days. Okay, you're not going to do it for ninety days. However, they said, if you want to buy it, you want to purchase it at the end of the day, or the, you know the rest of next week, or so forth. We'll sell it to you. The court says you'll sell it to us. Yes. How much is it? It's a dollar twenty-five a page. It's about eighteen pages, so it's a little over twenty bucks. A little over twenty bucks. And I might get it at the end of the day. Well, these are expenses for the court, we were told. I was specifically told this. Well, that's fascinating. And we were told you can go online, the district court, in the District of Columbia. We got the, uh, the address, the, e- the uh, excuse me, the uh, URL, and uh, we looked at it. And here's how you get it. Transcript order directions and information. A. To order a transcript, please complete the requested information below in its entirety. You may select the appropriate court reporter from the drop-down menu below. If you do not know the name of the court reporter, please consult CM-ECF or PACER and review the docket entries to determine the correct court reporter. B. Transcript rates can be found by clicking on the Maximum Transcript Rates link. All transcript rates are per page. C. After receiving your completed request form, the assigned court reporter will confirm all transcript requests by return email within two business days. For urgent requests, hourly or daily, or if you've not received confirmation of your transcript request within two business days, you may call the court reporter directly or contact the main office. D, former court reporters who are no longer employed at the U.S. District Court are still responsible for producing requested transcripts. And it goes on. Now, what do they want? You pick the court reporter, you have to pick the date of the proceeding, you have to pick the case title, the case number. Uh, then they want to know, indicate the status of the ordering party. Do you have a lawyer, a court-appointed lawyer, a pro se party, U.S. attorney, DOJ attorney, whole list. Is this case currently on appeal? Yes or no? Is this a CJA request, Criminal Justice Act, Court Appointed Attorney? Is this an FIN 1 request, U.S. Attorney's Office request? Is this an FPD request, Federal Public Defender's Office, name of ordering attorney, firm name, firm address, name of contact person, phone number, extension, email address, confirm email, notice? I agreed to and understand the following. All delivery requests must be pre-approved by the assigned court reporter. You may also... It goes on and on. If you want to know what took place in that courtroom and want to read an actual copy of the transcript of the judge's proceedings in that courtroom over this matter where the people have the right to know, they tell us, you'll have a hell of a time getting it. The vast majority of the people reporting on this today have not read the transcript unless they were in the courtroom. Isn't that amazing? There's no TV in the courtroom. There's no public transcript of what took place in that courtroom. There's no radio audio of what took place in that courtroom. Nothing. So while I would like to analyze what the court said and did other than a few sentences in the media, I can't. We're told in the media that he did not address the constitutional issues, but he did address the due process issue. Due process? And that the White House now is having to prepare procedures for reporters, maybe a code of conduct that will be applied to reporters. So this federal district judge who conducts himself in secrecy at least away from the American people, making it extraordinarily difficult for you and me to know what the hell took place in that courtroom, that federal judge, one judge out of a thousand federal district judges, has ruled that the President of the United States can't yank a hard pass from an individual who conducts himself in a very inappropriate way in front of the American people, in front of the rest of the press corps, and in the White House. Even though CNN has approximately 50 other so-called journalists with hard passes. Unbelievable. This is why I want you to stay with me. I will explain these things. So we don't have a transcript of what took place in that courtroom. And so I said to the court reporter, well, why don't you put it, why don't you tell the judge who I am, that I have an audience of millions, that we'd like you to put it up for free on a site where the people can see it. And he would have none of it. Freedom of the press, baby, except when it comes to the federal judiciary, that's a fact. And nobody will be calling this judge Hitler, Stalin, a fascist anti-free speech. In fact, he's being celebrated today. He's being celebrated because the egomaniacs and the narcissists and the media all across the media, all across it are claiming a victory. The American Criminal Liberties Union ACLU claiming a constitutional victory. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin
1: Happy Thanksgiving. Now, of course, the President of the United States is not required to even hold a press conference. The first press conference was held by Woodrow Wilson in 1916. President of the United States is not required to call on any particular reporter. But apparently, it would appear, we don't know for sure 100%, but if you look at the temporary restraining order, that is the result not the rationale because one hasn't been written and we don't have a copy of the transcript Uh, but the president does not have the power to yank a hard pass unless he creates some kind of process that the court approves of this is a clear violation of separation of powers I don't know who this man is in black robes, got a lifetime appointment this Timothy Kelly but I will tell you now, despite what the mob and the media say, despite what the mob in the, the law schools say, despite what the mob on cable TV says, this is utterly and completely unconstitutional. And I don't need some jerk who was recently appointed to the bench or some jerks who take up the case for CNN and turn this entire process on its head, a very dangerous thing to lecture me or you and when I come back I'm going to show you additionally how absolutely ridiculous this is we'll be right back you're listening to the best of the Mark Levin show happy Thanksgiving more logic than allowed by law The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. Now, do you think the courts are actually protecting reporters? No. The court's not really protecting reporters. How do I know this? There was a case in 2005 involving the former New York Times reporter Miller. You'll see her on Fox from time to time, Judith Miller. And also Matthew Cooper, I believe he used to write for Time Magazine and other newspapers, New York Times, I think, as well. Well, um, they and individuals who leaked information to them were under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice. Both were served with grand jury subpoenas to testify in front of a grand jury And to provide their notes and any documents involving conversations with any of these official governmental sources who had apparently been leaking to them. And this related, you might recall, to this Valerie Plame. Miller refused. Miller refused. So a federal judge in Washington, D.C. held her in contempt, held Cooper in contempt, civil contempt. He refused, too. They appealed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. They claimed that under the First Amendment, freedom of speech, they had what they called was a reporter's privilege. The appellate court in Washington, D.C. said, no, you don't. They upheld the district court's decision. And they were both sentenced to 18 months in prison. Then they appealed to the United States Supreme Court They're, that the courts, the appellate court's decision was stay that is held until the Supreme Court would rule. The Supreme Court wouldn't even hear the case. And Miller spent, I believe it was four, maybe five months in prison. In the case of Cooper, I seem to recall his source released him and allowed him to provide the information so he could comply with the grand jury subpoena. There is no reporter's privilege. The federal district court, the federal appellate court, the federal supreme court, were they called dictators? Was it said that the judiciary violated the First Amendment and the freedom of press? No. President of the United States yanks a hard pass from an individual who is a showboat, who is disrupting a presidential press conference, from an individual who's not even asking tough questions but is being enormously disruptive and argumentative and provocative, self-promoting, if you will. And the media in this country, including Fox, the Associated Press, which was under investigation by Obama, USA Today, and others, circle the wagons around Jim Acosta. And they claim that this could be the beginning of a police state. One of the filings, I forget which one, one of the friend of the Micas filings said, what about Khashoggi? Khashoggi? These are not serious... Arguments when pulling a hard press pass, when there's still 150 reporters in the room, when there's still 50 CNN reporters with hard passes. And so, of course, this is why I wanted a transcript. I wanted a transcript so I could read it to you tonight of what this judge had to say. Timothy Kelly, whoever the hell he is, I wanted to read it to you. Because we have a big problem in this country with these judges. My first book was called Men in Black, How the Supreme Court is Destroying America. It should have been How the Federal Judiciary is Destroying America. Not if they adhere to the rule of law and the Constitution and so forth. But the problem is the courts have also been conquered by the progressives. That's what the activists are. And it takes a very strong federal judge to stand up to this, particularly to stand up to all these media outlets that have the power to destroy his, his or her reputation, his or her character. It takes a lot of power to stand up to that, to stand up to the media mob. And apparently, at least so far, this judge can't handle it, in my humble opinion. Because the arguments made by Ted Olson and Ted Boutros were almost childish. They were, they were they were superficial and of course they intentionally uh left out numerous factual matters and pieces of information in writing the 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 piece of advocacy that they wrote. Now if you ask any AMAC member what they like most about belonging to the conservative alternative To the AARP, one answer that always comes up is how much they love reading AMAC's quarterly magazine, the AMAC Advantage. It's a first-class publication covering a variety of hard-hitting stories from notable authors, and AMAC members love it. Well, my friend's AMAC membership just keeps getting better. AMAC is pleased to announce that instead of publishing just four issues each year, they're now sending AMAC Advantage to all million and a half AMAC members six times a year. That's six issues of AMAC's celebrated magazine delivered to your home every year, and it's all part of an AMAC membership. You know what else is part of an AMAC membership? Tremendous discounts and benefits. Hotels, rental cars, insurance, just remarkable. You ought to take a look at it. And you know what else is also a part of the AMAC membership? They're in Washington fighting for your principles. Not like the AARP fighting for bigger centralized government. The opposite. Get your copy of the latest edition of the AMAC Advantage magazine along with all the other discounts and benefits that come with an AMAC membership by joining right now. The website is amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot US. AMAC is better, better for you and better for America. It's a wonderful gift. A wonderful gift. And speaking of wonderful gifts, if you can't make it to the book signing tomorrow at Tyson's Corner, Virginia, as I know the vast majority of you cannot, you should go online, go to Amazon.com, secure a copy of Our Police, and make sure you have it for your, your children and your grandchildren. Thanksgiving is a perfect time to read it. You still have time. And, of course, for Christmas, Hanukkah, or no holiday at all. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book to have to pass along to your children, to your grandchildren, really what it means to be an American and why we ought to respect the rule of law and law and order. I know TV tells us otherwise. I know the left tells us otherwise, but you tell your children and grandchildren the truth. That's important. So we have another decision by another court intruding on the executive branch, violating separation of powers. There's a good piece in conservative review by our buddy Daniel Horowitz. He kind of builds on my point. Not, I'm not saying because I talked about it, but he's building on the point about judges. He says, uh, if a single judge has the power of God and can redefine marriage, create a right for 7 billion people to immigrate, and create a right to 30 days of early voting... There's literally nothing a court cannot do. And he's pointing out what courts have done. If someone can force his way into our country and litigate rights and citizenship for his kids against the national will, why can't an American opinion journalist force his way into the White House? I guess I can now obtain a press pass as well, he writes. Whatever process occurred within the government is still so shrouded in mystery that the governmental that the government could not tell me at oral argument. Who made the initial decision to revoke Mr. Acosta's press pass, uh, said Timothy Kelly of the U.S. District Court of Appeals, according to a reporter, I suppose. Well, it's pretty ironic, Judge Kelly, pretty ironic that you would write something like this. When your own courtroom will not release to the American people what took place in your courtroom today. The irony of irony, sir. Now, the president must publicize a process for press badges. Just as the courts tell us he must show us, he must show his work on who gets to come into the country. This injunction, or I'll say a TRO by a Trump-appointed judge, proves every thesis. He says, I've been posting about the judiciary since I started this column and wrote my book, Stolen Sovereignty. I think it also underscores my book, Men in Black, that was written in 2005. Once we erroneously agree to a judicial supremacism and to the notion that a single district judge can order the other branches of government to take the most absurd actions, we no longer have a republic. We have a judicial dictatorship. Good job, Judge Kelly. Once we assent to judicial supremacy, there's no way to win the judicial game. Even so-called conservative justices have fundamentally accepted to varying degrees the contortion of fundamental rights that's been accepted by the legal profession. Very few of them are like Clarence Thomas. Merely appointing better judges without dismantling judicial supremacy will not help. There's enough existing toxic jurisprudence in the legal culture to destroy a republic ten times over, even if we don't add to it. Absurd conservative lawsuits would be tossed out immediately, but there's no level of absurdity for a liberal lawsuit that will bar it from at least getting standing and obtaining a temporary restraining order. We saw this with a bunch of immigration lawsuits in the global warming case. Once their absurdities are legitimized in the system, even if they don't ultimately win on the merits the first time around, they will eventually become the law of the land. There's literally nothing that a court can do that will elicit a red flag from the body politic. A single district judge has more power than the House, Senate, President, 50 state governments... And, uh, and our entire history and traditions put together. At its core, what we're seeing today runs much deeper than the outcome of a press badge for one highly paid professional protester. This is why I condemn Olson. This is why I condemn Boutrous. This is why I condemn the pseudo-conservatives who defend this. And this is why I defend, uh, 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 denounce all of the news organizations, friend or foe, that have gotten involved in this case. We have a judicial system that has flipped the whole concept of fundamental rights on its head so that a real right is violated, but a privilege is treated like an inalienable right. So you don't have the right to your own property and conscience, not to be forced to serve a same-sex marriage wedding, but someone else has a right to involuntary servitude. You don't have a right to pray in public, but you have a right to access the White House. Anyone living in, say, Somalia has a right to immigrate. And illegal aliens can sue law enforcement and win civil damages against them because they merely follow the law. It would be bad enough in any branch of government held such views on the foundation of fundamental rights. But the fact that our political system regards the courts as supreme to the other branches essentially makes us a judicial form of North Korea, writes Horowitz. We're told there's nothing we can do about it. A right is the principle that we are entitled to live without government applying actions against our lives, liberty, or property. And as Sam Adams added, together with the right to defend them in the best manner they can, seeking a visa, a marriage license, or a press pass is a positive privilege that you're seeking from the government. They are not fundamental rights. We've talked about this before. Merely being left alone and being allowed to run my property according to my conscience and defend it with a weapon are fundamental rights. And Clarence Thomas explained this point as in dissent in Obergefell. He said the court's decision today is at odds not only with the Constitution, but with the principles upon which our nation was built. Since well before 1787, liberty has been understood as freedom from government action, not entitlement to government benefits. Wrote Thomas in response to the court creating a right in the recognition of same-sex marriage. And he concluded. Our Constitution, like the Declaration of Independence before it, was predicated on a simple truth. One's liberty, not to mention one's dignity, was something to be shielded from, not provided by the state. Which brings us to this other point. Even if one wrongly posits that the courts have the final say in vetoing a government action over a broad political question that would only apply to negating an overreaching action of the government, But to demand that the government take a a definite action left up to, to the executive branch, not the judiciary, such as granting a visa or a press badge is beyond any scope of judicial power. What you saw today, although we don't have the transcript, but it's a result of this judge's oral opinion, is judicial tyranny. I've talked about it, I've written about it for decades. Judicial tyranny. That's what CNN brought you. That's what Jim Acosta brought you. That's what Ted Olson brought you. That's what Ted Boutros brought you. And that's what all those friend of the court amicus brief brought you. They don't care about the Constitution. They care about themselves, their own celebrity, their own ratings, and their own profits. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Is Mark Levin wishing you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Now back to the best of me. Why do I care what Michelle Obama has to say? Does anybody care what, Obama, what Michelle Obama has to say? She's gone through the same celebrated media interviews as Jim Comey, as all the rest. And of course I, I as first lady, I never directed that somebody should be fired or removed at the White House. Really? But as an ex-First Lady, you're doing things that ex-First Ladies aren't supposed to do. That doesn't seem to bother you. As a First Lady, your, your mother lived in the White House. That was kind of weird and different. Uh, nobody really complained about it. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff you did. And you're, in my view, uh, a very hardcore left-wing radical, just like your husband. You're both now worth, what, $100 million? And you still against the system fighting the system and she charges a fortune by the way to come see her speak a fortune she doesn't say I want poor people to come watch me speak I don't want to charge anything no she charges a fortune now none of this hypocrisy has been reported by Jim Acosta I might point that out too you know it's this saggy jawline ladies and gentlemen it's a saggy jawline in the double chin that give your age away, but not anymore. Introducing the brand new Genesel Jawline Treatment with Dual Peptide and MDL Technology, Chamonix's most advanced technology ever. Not only tightens saggy jawlines, but it plumps the lipophilic layers of your skin to contour and define the jawline within minutes. Using peptides and metal lactones together for the first time, it works amazingly quickly, and the results get better every day. No one else has this technology or our proprietary chemical-free base. So say goodbye to that double chin right now. And from now until Thanksgiving, which means you don't have a lot of time, it's yours free when you order Genocell for under-eye bags and puffiness. And for results in 12 hours, Genesel immediate effects is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Many of you are hearing me. You're in your cars, you're stuck in traffic, 800-SKIN-604, or go to com. Imagine that double chin disappearing in about a week with genocell's jawline treatment. 100% guaranteed or your money back. Hello, hello, 100% guaranteed or your money back. Don't wait, call or click right now. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or genocell.com, genocell.com. 800 skin 604 well ladies and gentlemen I thought I needed to take the time to go through all that because if I don't do it nobody else will let's be honest about it the holocaust denying New York Times has it all wrong the cable shows are barely explaining what took place in that courtroom not because they don't have the transcripts uh, neither do I